0: As women, we share some of the same personal traits, such as empathy and strength. Women of reflection, all women are unified as warriors. We celebrate, embrace, a sisterhood of strong divine
1: women. We are warriors.
0: Each year, millions of people face the reality of living with mental-slash-emotional illness. It is tough not to feel like yourself, like something is off, wrong, or disconnected. The pain of trauma, depression, anxiety can lead to dark moments. On this episode of Grow Through Pain, my guest co-host Leslie and I will discuss how to prioritize mental and emotional health through pain. Hey, Leslie. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Everyone doing great. Welcome to our warrior platform. We're so happy to have you. This is such an important topic with just so much going on in the world. There is a need to bring awareness to mental slash emotional health. So is this
1: something relatable? This is definitely something relatable. I am a mental health advocate. I have my own business um, for this, kind of using my voice for good. And I'm really excited to be on here and be able to share my story and just hopefully be able to relate with others. I'm so happy to have you. I want you to tell
0: the Warrior audience more about your first encounter struggling with mental health or emotional health.
1: My first encounter, I would say never really understood it. Like I never really knew that I was struggling. Uh, I'd never had someone tell me these are the signs to look out for. This is what if you react a certain way that you're struggling with your mental health. So when I was younger and dealing with trauma that I didn't even know was trauma at the time, it got to a point where I was, I would say 20. And that's when I decided that I didn't want to be in this world. And I decided to take my own life. And even at that moment, I didn't think I had a problem with mental health or I was struggling. A thought came and that thought consumed me. And, you know, I'm still here, of course. But when I did get help, that's when I realized that, wow, like I was actually struggling. I was actually dealing with certain things that I thought it was normal, mm-hmm. that I thought everything I went through was something just everybody goes through. In reality, it's, that's not the case. So getting help and understanding my emotions uh, after my suicide, I was in a psychiatric place for like three months. And from there, once I got out, I, I didn't like the psychiatric place because I noticed that they didn't really help you that much. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have somebody to talk to you or, or counseling. They just pretty much give you pills just to make you calm yeah. and deal with everything. So that really rubbed me off the wrong way because there's so many of us that, you know, if we end up there, we want actual help, not just medication to cure yeah. to cure what we're going through. So when I got out, I kind of pushed everything aside, like nothing ever happened. I wanted to start fresh. I didn't want to think about it. I wanted to start fresh. And I got into a relationship. Mm-hmm. I was with a partner for three years. After I got out of my three-year relationship, that's when I realized I needed to prioritize myself, my mental health, that everything I was going through was not normal. And I was normalizing the traumas that I was living. After our breakup, I came back home to my parents. And that's when I really had time just to be in my own space. I was feeling so much pain that I didn't even know how to release that pain. I started releasing my pain through painting. And from painting, that's where my brand began, Divine Rose Arts. And I started sharing my story that it's not normal for us to normalize the things we go through and not speak about it to hold in things where it's, we're taught to be strong, be brave, uh, don't cry that you got this. But in reality, that's how the old generation was qu- raised. We are mm-hmm. in a new generation where we need to normalize to say, I am not okay. Do you have space to hear me out? Do you have space so that I can vent, for y- vent to you? And we need to be do our part as humans where we create space for our friends, our loved ones, where we tell them like, hey, if you ever need me, I can create space for you where you can vent to me and I won't judge you. Most of us were so scared to share our story or speak out because we're afraid to be judged. I was always so afraid to be judged. Whenever I was going through certain things, I wouldn't tell anyone because I didn't want my friends to have a burden where whenever they see me, they think, oh, here comes Leslie to talk about her problem or her traumas. So I kept it to myself. I kept everything to myself and the sexual abuse when I was younger, you wouldn't think that your closest family members would be the ones to hurt you. I had experienced multiple sexual abuse from different family members. Mm-hmm. And I normalized that where I, I was young. I was thinking, this is, this is okay. This is something that you know it happens. And I didn't know how badly I buried it until I started putting myself first and kind of healing different parts of me. And one day certain things just clicked. It was like, wait a minute. This happened when I was young. Th- my uncle... My sister, my cousin, each person, they somehow violated my youth. And I thought it was okay. And I didn't speak up because I felt like I had no voice. Who am I? I was being raised in the States and with my stepfather. I lived in a very verbally abusive household where I was always told I was dumb. I was always told. My questions were dumb. I was always told to shut up. If you have nothing like smart to say, don't say anything at all. I was always told just to go back to my country. Like, so imagine experience that at home. And then also going to school, a bilingual school, where you also have people bullying you for not even knowing the language. And I was at a young age, like I was like 10, 11, oh, wow. I was at a young age going through all of that. And I've experienced verbal abuse for almost like 15 years. And just even by my own mother, I love my mom and I know she loves me. And I know as parents, you guys do your best to raise us because you don't know any better. And I understand that, but even with my mom, like with certain things would happen and I would cry instead of speaking how I actually felt, I would yeah. cry and lie. I had a stomachache and my mom would never hear me. She, my mom is not a bad mother, but this is my story with her. <laughs> just yeah. saying, yeah. You know, she, I, I would cry instead of her hugging me and telling me it's going to be okay. Instead, she, Hispanic parents, you know, they like to beat, <laughs> they like to whoop us here and there. She would, you know, t- beat my ass and tell me to stop crying because why am I crying over a stomach ache? You know, toughen up. Like, why are you crying? So I would get my ass beat for crying. I'm very sensitive. So sometimes even if you yell at me, my eyes are like getting watery <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I'll start tearing up and then my mom would be like, why are you crying? And the fact that she says, why are you crying? would make me even cry more. So I always felt like my feelings were neglected. Like they weren't important. And, I, you know, that's why I never voiced anything. I was like, what, what's the point of me voicing anything? Like, they don't even care about my feelings now. What's the point of saying, hey, this happened to me. I went through this. What are they really going to do? They're just going to tell me, oh, it happened, you know? Like, I wasn't going to gain anything from voicing my um, experience. And with my breakup, something switched. She made a comment when we broke up. She said, you know, one day you're going to share your story And your story is going to help somebody. Because she knew I struggled with mental health. She knew that I was very sensitive. And I was very codependent. So when we broke up, she made that comment. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, no, I'm never going to share my story. I won't do that. I don't want all eyes on me. And something switched in me through the breakup. I was very sad that I was driving a lot. I said painting was one of my ways to release my feelings. But I felt like I had a lot to say like there was this tightness in my chest i had to get everything out so i would drive in the, like 12 a.m and i'll just be out on the road blasting sad music <laughs> and then as i'm blasting sad music i'm crying but then the words would come out as the words coming out like why me you know and I'll, I'll start with why me and then i'll get into my mom like yelling at my mom like why do you let this happen to me like why weren't you there why why weren't you my protector you were my mother why why could it, how can you not see this you know like I was mad yeah. I was so so mad and I did that for a week and then one day I was I'm driving like you know what I'm speaking some facts right now somebody needs to hear me <laughs> and I created a podcast actually really? <laughs> it's called queenship yeah I created a podcast I haven't really put my time into it but in the beginning when I was going I had to let so much out I was like let me let it out and I would do my podcast so raw like You'll hear me crying, screaming, whatever came out is what you'll hear. But I let everything out and it's just, it felt good to let it out. Yeah. Because when we go through certain cards we're dealt, there's no rule book that we can turn to chapter 14 after, after a sexual assault or a breakup. This is what you do. No, we don't have any of that. We don't have any guidance of how do we cope when we go through this, you know, What are signs that show us that we are emotionally drained, that we need to have a day for ourselves? What are signs that show us that when you react to something, it's not really you reacting, it's your past self-reacting. Yeah. We we all need guidance and we can all really help each other if we all share our story because we are all going through a struggle. We are all going through hurt. I understand that what might break me might not break you, but you know what? Through us sharing our story. It can show me a new way to see a certain situation. When you talk to other people, they'll give you their opinion or their guidance. And sometimes they'll open your eyes and be like, wow, I never really looked at it that way. Wow, I never really tried that.
0: And I want to touch base and just give you a breathing space right there on the grieving. I like to call it the grieving season because just like losing a loved one, when you are going through mental health and trauma and things, you got to put it to rest. And so I remember having a conversation with, I think it was my father and things that I was struggling with. And he was just like, it's all in your mind. It's infatuation because sometimes you want to change the narrative of how it played out. So Mm -hmm. I was molested. I was abused. I had struggle with self-esteem issues. I struggle with this. And this happened to me. A lot of the things that happened to me that played a part of my traumatic story and the things that I've experienced in my life was not my fault. And so Mm -hmm. I already have it in my mind how I want the ending to go. And though it didn't go that way, part of me still believes that I can go back and make it work and fix it. You know, and it's hard to let go of that version because the reality of accepting what really happened, it hurts me to the point where it really kills me. And at times I struggle with depression because it was too much to accept in one, in one pill, you know? Yeah. So with that being said, I decided to do a funeral. And I took my book and I wrote everything that I wanted to put to rest. I kid you not. And (laughs) I wrote everything that ever hurted me like really, really deep. And a lot of it was with my parents because I felt like I needed more protection as a kid. And certain of the things that I faced, I was molested too as a child. And I just felt like no one was there. And in that season and in that stage for me, I know that I needed to heal and let it go because I, I did therapy. And in my therapy session, I started to realize how everything I faced from a child was connected to how I was developing as an adult. And because I knew I wanted better for myself, the better version of me, it wanted to live. It wanted to come through. I needed to really do the work. And in me doing the work, I had to put the things I was carrying with me to rest. So I did my writing. I had a whole funeral. I cried for days. I think I gave myself three (laughs) days to cry. I shared it with the important people that are really important to me. So my best friend, my cousin, my mom. I think I sent it to both parents, my mom and my dad. And after that, I told myself, you're going to have these three days to mourn. And after that, you have to let it go. And since then, I have been at peace with the things that happened to me because I do want to be a better version. I don't want it to be what enables me and stagnates me and keeps me going back. I don't want to, like my father would say, don't look in that rearview mirror, keep looking forward. And if I want to see greater, I have to keep going forward and not looking back. And there are times that it does, you know, kind of pop back up through different things that you face, but I'm reminded that I'm an overcomer and I'm a warrior and so are you you
1: know? So, yep. yeah, no, I love, that I do. I love that. Wow. That's actually, I, I want to do that now yes. <laughs> because that is truly beautiful. Wow. I love that. And then, you know what? I love how you said the seasons, everything we're going through is just seasons and the trauma and experience, you know, you have to, yeah, we have to keep looking forward, but in order to continue looking forward, we have to look back at that rearward mirror, and heal first before we can just finally look forward and keep going forward. Cause if not, if you look forward, you never do the healing. Trust me as you're going forward, you're going to keep having flat tires because each time something's going to trigger you, you, you will have triggers. Yes. <laughs> yes. All the above. The GPS will scream turn right and do not proceed. <laughs> yes. Because, no. And and a lot of people don't want to look back. A lot of people don't want to heal or don't, or don't even know that they have to heal. A lot of us don't know that the way we react now, like our present selves, the way we react to certain things is that are triggers from the past. Yeah. That's why we need to become self-aware. That's yeah. when you need to date yourself to get to know yourself. Like, what are things that I like? What are things that irritate me? What are things that bother me? And then break it down. Why does this irritate me? Where does this come from? Why does this make me mad? Like for me, when people yell at me, I tell you, I kid you not, I could be at work and my boss yells at me. I need to have some shades on because I'm going to start crying yeah. because that is a trauma from my past, from my father yelling at me 24-7. I couldn't even tell my boss that, hey, I knew this, or I feel like I'm not getting the right treatment from the management team because my throat chakra was closed up. So I couldn't really voice my opinion when, with how I felt about certain things. Because of my past, you know, I felt like I had no right in voice my opinion. All I had to do was follow the rules. If I wasn't getting the right treatment, keep your mouth shut and just do your job. And that's something I struggle with so much. And that's why I was always the girl that go with the flow. Whatever you want to do, I'm okay. I never voiced my opinion about anything. And that's
0: So that shows us that mental health can definitely prohibit our
1: personal growth. Yes. No, mental health sets when we go through pain. We set limitations for ourselves. When we go through pain, we take a mental note: we don't want to go through this again. I don't want yeah. to experience this again. Yeah. So when we when we take those mental notes of that we don't want to experience it again, we set little boundaries for ourselves or blockages that we're gonna take from preventing this to happen again. And when we do that, let's say if you like, for example, a breakup, right? We don't want to get hurt again. So I'm gonna set different rules for myself so that way it doesn't happen. But in reality, if I do that, I'm setting a limitation. On finding my actual partner, finding my actual person, our feelings set limitations for us where we don't see our full potential. So our our fears, our pain, they actually halt us from getting where we need to go. And that's why mental health is so, your mindset and taking care of how you feel, your emotions is so important because you can hold yourself back. Mm
0: -hmm. That's very, very true. I want to talk about what are some signs that can help us identify that we have an emotional suffering from a painful experience. And I know that you said that you suffered with wanting to commit suicide. That's something relatable to me as well. But what are some signs prior to that that you can share just to help our viewers identify it, maybe in a loved one or their children who are you know, struggling with that now? So
1: you see, this is a tricky topic because I like to say that we're all a blank canvas. We're all like a work of art. So the way you view a painting and you, the, the, your opinion of that painting is going to be different than mine. Um, but this is how I view suicide. Some people can relate and some you know, might say different. But when it comes to suicide, the people that have already made, the, made up their mind, they are not going to show you any signs. They're going to show you that they're perfectly fine, that they're, they're happy, everything's going the way it needs to go compared to someone that is screaming for help, they will show you signs. They will show you clues. You know, for me, when I was back in high school, I used to cut myself. I used to cut myself because I can control the pain. I will, you know, after either going through, getting yelled at or just going through something just in my normal day to life, I would go home and I would grab a scissor and I would cut myself. With each cut, it was because, I want to say, I have control of my pain. Nobody else. I, I can control it. And that's the reason I, I would cut myself. Because I'm like, this is the pain I caused myself. I have power. I can control this. And it's it's a twisted way to think about it. Because you're like, why would you want to do that? What? How is that even going to help you? It's causing yeah. yourself more pain. Mm-hmm. But there was a satisfaction in it where I, my mind would stop thinking about what just happened. And it would start focusing on. I have control in this moment right now. The pain that I'm feeling right now that I just made myself do, I have control over this pain. I ignited that fire, not, 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 my, not my stepfather, not my mom, not my bullies. I did this. I ignited this fire. Do you think that it's
0: something hard for maybe your mom to deal with? Like a lot of, as parents, you just kind of go with the flow of motherhood. Some things we Mm -hmm. learn from generational, maybe, you know, her mom was the type to kind of just let things slide or overlook it because actually taking the time to zoom in, I think is heavy for our parents to deal with. They don't know
1: and understand how to help us. Some parents. I love that you brought that up because the fact is that they don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know how to deal with it. And they were not taught how to deal with something like that because their generation did not deal with any of that. They like to say our generation is a lot weaker and softer, but it's because we're technology and just we experience a lot more things and they don't know what to say. You know, how would you even bring that up? And that's an important thing that I'm very big on. I want to speak to parents. I want to help them understand. I want to help them see the signs. I want to teach them how they can see and be there for their children. I need to open the door where my daughter or my son feels safe to talk to me because we can't read minds. That's where it starts. Because Mm -hmm. another thing is a lot of children,
0: and I know as a teen, I didn't care to speak to anyone. I was just like, no, this is me. I'm going through, no one's ever going to understand. And so I would just shut down and lock myself away. And so for as a parent's perspective, how can I come in and support her? She won't even say two words to me or allow me to know. And so I think that making it a mandatory check in um, helps mm-hmm. for myself with my children. We do like hot topic, you know, sorry, Wendy Williams. We definitely <laughs> took that from her, but we do like Wendy Williams hot topic of the day. Everybody has to tell me what the hot topic of the day is. What was something positive? What was something negative? of your day? What is something you wanna do different for tomorrow? Those little pointers, key pointers help keep conversation going. My children are you know, 13, 11 and nine, but this is how I do check-ins with them because once you don't do that, you really develop a shutout policy. And it's really mm. hard to like tap in and connect. And I think as parents, we have to remember that even though we may not understand being a listening ear can still make a difference. Just allowing your child to vent and say how they feel can still make a difference. And it can also save a life. So.
1: Amen to that. It's all about listening. you I love that. The hot topic. I like mm-hmm. that. I love that. And it's also creating a safe space, you know, especially yeah. with creating that you're already teaching your kids communication right mm-hmm. then and there. And especially for parents that have older kids is a little bit harder, but you know, yeah. telling your kid, even if they don't want to talk to you, because yeah, we know that the teen years is the, is, the, is the years where they're doing their own thing, but letting them know that they matter, that they are loved. Even if they shut their the door in your face, they mm-hmm. still heard you. Yeah. They still heard those words come out of your mouth saying that you that you matter to me, that I love you, and that if you ever need to talk, I am here. So want to know why? They might not talk to you that year or two years from now, mm-hmm. but when something does go down, mm-hmm. they're going to remember the fact that you kept telling them that, that you were going to be there for them and they're going to come to you. Exactly. It's not going to be on, on the parents' time. It's going to be on the kids' time. I but it's important it. that they, they need to know. They need to hear you say it. They mm-hmm. can't just assume, or oh, because, you know, I'm the parent, they have to come talk to me. No, we don't.
0: And like, I love that you really. say that because I find a lot of adults, too, especially for our teen community, buying love I work in a high Mm -hmm. school with a lot of adolescent age children and they I hear them say my my mother never told me I love that they love me or my father never told me he loved me all they do is buy me clothes so I was just like well that's deep I was like well why Mm -hmm. don't you you know tell them that you want more than that because they never listen and Mm -hmm. so I want to share this with you know the adults out there parents out there that it's important even though yes close clothing our children is a priority we have to make sure that we tap in and listen and remind them that their love I'm big on having my children really know who they are and that's why I'm big I always tell them your words have power and so for me we do something called a positive wall at home and I know my viewers can't see it but I'll show it to you right
1: there (laughs)
0: I love that
1: yes I see that I am
0: am. yes I know my viewers cannot see it but at home I do a positive wall with my children at home and with that we always focus on the I am I am strong I am brave I am a warrior I am great and that's what helps build their character I am love those little I am moments are great and even if your teen comes home and they're like Mom, I really don't want to talk about my day. All right, give me one word. I am. And uh-uh, honey, you said great yesterday. What's today? Greater. Okay, give me another word. You know, like you, you know, make it twist. So, okay, what's the new TikTok? Sometimes we got to kind of come into their world. Let's do a TikTok together about being I am, a motivational TikTok. Like, you know, get creative. Do more than just buying the clothes and the, the out of appearance need. Sometimes, even if it means to sit and watch them play a video game or just try and pretend like you can play it, too, it really makes a difference. These are the quality and building healthy mindset with (laughs) your child.
1: Words are very powerful. And doing that with your child is amazing. I even with my baby sister, when she was born, I my biggest goal was like I didn't want her to be raised the way I was. And that forced me to have a tough conversation with my mom where I had to tell her about herself. (laughs) I had to to tell her about the experiences that I went to. I had to tell her how I felt neglected. I had to tell her, you know, this is the things you did and this is how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't, she would have done the same thing with my baby sister. And then that, you know, the cycle will repeat. Was your mom receptive of that? My mom, I feel like she didn't want to hear it. She was very like, I don't know what you want me to do. I did my best racing you. Mm. Is I did what I thought was best at the time. Mm -hmm. And you know, instead of me, my I wanted to be like, how the hell did you think doing this was the best you can do? You know what I'm saying? If I wanted to say that, but I was like, I understand. Thank you. I was just saying, I understand. Thank you for listening to me. And then I left and I went and cried because I felt like even though I voiced my opinion, I felt like she just brushed it off.
0: Yeah. You Mm
1: -hmm. know? And I love my mom to death, but I still haven't forgiven her fully because for me, it doesn't click. And maybe because I'm more self-aware, I would never do some of the things my mom did. But over time, even though in that moment, her words kind of hurt over time, she has shown me that she does prioritize me and care about me with her actions. Yeah. So the words hurt, but her actions were showing me that she did hear me, even though she couldn't voice the fact that she heard me. So over time, her actions were showing me that I'm here for you that I do love you and that I'm sorry for what I've done to you in the past.
0: I want to chime in right there on that. I think that in the healing process, after experience that traumatic, emotional, mental state, we heal with an expectation of how the person should come back. And so when it doesn't come out that way, It doesn't help the pain because in our healing process, we already made up our mind. Like I'm going to go tell my mom about herself and (laughs) she's going to hear what I said. And I need her to apologize like this Mm -hmm. and in this order. And when we do it that way, it makes it difficult. So I like to encourage people that forgiveness starts within yourself. And when you are dealing with emotional and that mental health or that traumatic event, you have to be able to say, I am going to go to them to inform them on how they treated me or what has been done to me. But there are no expectations in the response. I'm going to let them know and that's how I am able to heal after that. Because, you know, not everybody's ready to accept their truth and that's where it starts. And so if I'm not in a place to accept the truth. Here you come done your healing journey. And here you are going to tell me about myself. The first thing is a defense. I did my best. Take it how you want it. That's on you. You know what I'm saying? And then here you are, who's healthy, just wanting to receive a simple, I'm sorry, or I didn't even realize I've done that to you, but that takes a healthy mindset to respond that way. So it's really, really important to, I like to say, don't set expectations. But to just enter at your own risk, <laughs> but in a positive mind that you already forgave that person. And this is just an informative conversation. So they're aware of what they've done. And pray that in this season, that by me letting you know, you may acknowledge it. And hopefully one day you'll get to a point where you can take ownership and apologize for
1: the hurt and harm you have caused or played a part in. Two words that you said in that I was like are key expectations setting expectations are just like setting yourself up for failure because when you have an expectation for something, you fall in love with the idea of that expectation. And when it doesn't happen, like, like for me, when it didn't happen, I was really, really hurt. And then I yeah. had a heal from that response. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so that was hard. So I've learned to actually not set expectations for things. I have learned to just do, you know, go after things I want, but not say, this is how it has to be. This is how I need to end, you know, or when I'm with someone, this is how they need to be. Because when you set certain expectations and it doesn't happen, it's that's when you're like distraught, like new emotions will start up. And then that's a new feeling that you have to start healing. Our healing journey never stops. We are constantly healing, you know. Sometimes I'm healed for six months and then something comes up and I have to start all over. And that's why when you do heal, keep track of. What works for you? What's a good way to, you know, let my feelings out, whether it's journaling, painting, going for a walk, listening to music, spoken words, find your out, find your outlet, because when it comes to our journey, it's a nonstop, you know, a lot of times I'm like, I did the work. I I healed. Why am I having certain things that, you know, trigger or why am I going through certain things? Like, I already did the work to be my better self. And that's when I, it clicked. I'm like, you know, I'm constantly going to be working on myself. I'm constantly growing as an individual. And growth is part of the journey, you know? So now when depressive episodes do hit, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming irritated. I'm not talking to people that much. I'm giving short answers. I don't want to be around anyone. So when I start seeing myself act like that, I'm like, all right, it's coming. Something is happening. I'm, I'm going to get in my depressive episodes where I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to be in bed every day. Mm -hmm. And that's when I start to paint. That's when I start, you know, doing certain things that I love. I'll go out on a picnic for myself and read a book where I'll stimulate happiness.
0: Yeah, I'm going to chime back in. How can we help the mental health community take steps towards healing? And I love that you mentioned to, you know, take your time to paint, to walk. Um, I will say the first step to take towards healing is acknowledgement. You have to be able to look yourself, do that woman of reflection check and (laughs) look in the mirror and say, all right, I'm depressed. You know, okay, I'm dealing with anxiety this morning. I feel like I want to give up. Take that first step to acknowledge it. And I like to say when there's a negative, I can write down 15 things negative and then on the next side only come up with two things positive. But it's okay. And maybe for you to come up with the next two things that are positive, you might need to change the scenery, go for a walk, go to the beach. I love the water. So anything water related, it can be a fountain of like just flowing water or the beach. That definitely gives me a mindset of peace where I can think and really just do a change in the ship. Do you want to share anything that can help take the steps
1: towards healing? Like you said, acknowledgement and forgiving yourself. I know you mentioned it before, but forgiving yourself is, is key as well. You know, forgiving yourself for being sexually. assaulted. sometimes we think it's our fault for things that happen to us. Yeah. It's not, it is not your fault. You couldn't control it. Focus on the things you can control. Don't right. focus on the things you cannot control and forgive yourselves for those things. Because I, for so long, blame myself and until the day I decided to forgive myself, it's going to be a day you cry. <laughs> A lot, <laughs> but you feel so liberated, like liberated once you forgive yourself, because that's when you acknowledge that it wasn't my fault. Yeah. I didn't do anything to say, I asked for it. You know, we, we cope sometimes by thinking, oh, I must've done something to make this happen or that happen. But once you forgive yourself, you're releasing that, that it was never your fault, that you don't attract all this negative energy. And once you convince yourself that you don't att- attract this negative energy, You'll start attracting more positive things your way. You'll start seeing the world more differently. So forgive yourself and just know that it is okay not to be okay.
0: I love it. You know,
1: out there in the world is such a negative stigma to go get help, to go talk to somebody. But really, you're not weak. For so long, I thought I was weak because I'm like, why am I so sensitive? Why am I crying all the time? Why is so many things hitting me this way? And I thought I was just weak and I couldn't handle it. You're not weak. You're human yeah. and it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to voice your opinion and just forgive yourself and be more self-aware. We have that ego that kicks in that tough, you know, I can handle anything. Be vulnerable, be self-aware of who you are and the things that trigger you and, and embrace that because it's made, it's made you who you are yeah and if you don't like who you are you can still alter that because you are the author of your own story and you can take that story anywhere once you take your power back well leslie i really
0: really love your transformation from healing your growth through pain journey turning your trauma into a badge of strength and just i love everything that you do promoting your clothing and everything else, but something that you've created really has helped me in one of my dark moments, and I remember I was dealing with COVID after a surgery, and my cousin came by, and she gave me this self-love first kit, and it says, what you create for you, no one can take from you, and I was just like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. It was this came in this little baggy, very, very great material silk, and it had these cards in it and the cards had like motivational stuff on it like love yourself more and you scratch it off and it'll tell you what to do and like it came with a notebook where you can write and the notebook said be be bright be bold be happy be you and i was able to like you know use it during the pandemic because i had covid i was being quarantined for some time and so in that being alone it really gave me a different perspective on how to keep my mental health. And I want to say thank you so much because this is amazing. I want you to tell the Warrior platform more about what led you to create this self-love
1: kit. So the self-love kit started again with a breakup. (laughs) (laughs) breakup. After the breakup, I, you know, I planned my whole life with that person. And once I was by myself, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what my favorite color was anymore. You know, when you're dating somebody, it becomes a we instead of remembering that we're both individuals just here to cheer each other on, not become one, keep it separate. <laughs> but for me, I had no passion. I had no motivation. And that's when I was like, the only way to figure out what Leslie like is by dating Leslie. So I had to go date myself. I took myself. I remember my first date was I took myself to the movies. Ooh. I was so nervous. <laughs> I, was, I was anxious. I'm like buying my ticket. I'm like, are people looking at me? My mind is running. Are people looking at me thinking I'm weird all here by myself? You know, I go in there. I sit down by myself and I'm like, oh, God, people are going <laughs> to judge me. You know, that's what kicks in. It's like We think people are literally watching us and judging us. And that's where my anxiety kicks in. Like, oh, people are judging me right now. And after the first day, after my first day of the movies, I felt so proud of myself. I remember I went on Instagram like, guys, I just took, out my, took myself out on a date. It was amazing. I was nervous at first, but now I feel great. And then that started the journey where I started dating myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm not the only one that needs this. So many of us can become so consumed, consumed within our partners that we forget who we are. You know, instead of saying, I like chocolate chip ice cream. We like make chocolate chip and you forget you, Mm -hmm. you know? So even if you're single or you're not, you know, you're dating somebody, this is something that we can all use because we all need to date ourselves. We all need to remember how to be at peace within ourselves in our own space. So I created, I was like, what are some things that we can do as individuals? And, you know, that is one challenging two making you step out of your comfort zone and three, it's going to make you realize something about yourself. It's either going to make you realize, oh, I like this, or it's going to make you realize, I really don't like doing this. Mm-hmm. So you're learning something new about yourself. And that's why you have the journal where you can journal in each state and, and write down your experience, how you felt, what made you nervous, what didn't you like about it, and, and just let everything out. When you do this, you're becoming more self-aware about yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you become more self-aware, you can learn and see that, when you walk throughout life, that you're not getting mad about things that would trigger you so easily, that you're walking more with light than more with darkness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because you're like, this is who I am. You're walking taller, more powerful. I know who I am. I am confident within, within who I am. Mm-hmm. And with that journey, it has led me to find my voice. A year ago, I would not be able to do this. I will not be able to speak about my story. I would be crying trying to tell you my story. I would be losing my words. But throughout my pain and my suffering, each trauma, each season that I went through, I have grown, I have learned, and I have become the person I am. And I have fallen madly in love with myself this past year, because I became more self-aware. And I've dated myself where I know what I like and it's just, yeah, mental health, depression still with me, but I don't let it control me. That I have my outlets that help me mm-hmm. that not to become so depressed where I go three months where I'm MIA. I, I, I've i learned to manage it and live with it where it's not a big ass shadow, but it's like, I know you're there, but I I have control. You'll have your day or two, but you're, you're not taking over my life or my decisions because when we feel emotions and we make irrational decisions out of those emotions, we got to remember that decisions are permanent. Emotions mm-hmm. are not. For example, if you want to go to the gym, you're in bed, you're like, well, right now I don't f- really feel like it. I don't really want to go. In the moment, your emotions is like you're being lazy. You don't want to go. Mm-hmm. But once you push yourself to go and you go to the gym and you put in that work in yourself, once you leave the gym, you're, you're energized, you're awake. So if you would have decided to stay in bed every single decision, every single day, you would choose not to go to the gym because that is your pattern. That is your habit. You created a habit where you're like, you know, you want to go, but mm. you don't end up going. But when you do decide to go, you're creating a new habit that you're putting yourself first. That's why, I mean, pretty much I created this self-love first is to remind us that we need to put ourselves first, whether you're dating single again, this is for you because you should be dating yourself constantly, no matter where you are in your life. It's important to date yourself.
0: I love it. And I just want to say thank you so much, Leslie, for being a part of this podcast episode and just highlighting your story. And I'm sure it's going to be able to definitely encourage and help someone who is seeking help and support dealing with mental, emotional health issues. And I really, really appreciate all that you do with your clothing line and your self-love first kit. I think it is so awesome. And just hearing that, you know, you can overcome. Everything that you say today reminds me of the warrior that you are. And I'm just so happy to have met you and to have you on this platform. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be able to, you know, you've given me the platform to share my story with all of you guys. I really appreciate it. And
0: I want to encourage my audience that people don't get the mental health service they need because they don't know where to start. So if you or someone you know that is struggling with a mental health or an emotional issue, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, feel free to contact them at 1-800-950-6264 or text 62640 and in need of help in a crisis or a national suicide prevention lifeline, contact them at 800-273-8255. And before we close, I would like to end with our warrior prayer. Lord, lift me up for your blessings today. I pray that you will anoint me with strength and self-care today, tomorrow, and always. I pray that you would grace us with patience and wisdom. I pray that you will encourage us throughout the day to take the correct steps to walk proudly and behave well. Lord, I pray for your patience. I pray for your understanding. I pray that you cleanse us from all things negative, God, and welcome in trust, acceptance, empowerment, and love, God. We know that we have to love within ourselves who we are from the inside out, God, because that's all that matters. I pray that all that we speak on today will be a blessing and nourishment to all around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.